Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The landmass in Canada that has burned this summer equals the area of Lake Ontario, Lake Erie, and Lake Michigan combined. Three of the Great Lakes. That's what's burned so far this summer. And I was looking at a story filed by Elizabeth McSheffrey for Global News yesterday, globalnews.ca. More homes evacuated in BC's Caribou region, air quality compromised. And that's what we want to talk about. I can't take you inside the fires, but let's talk about what happens to air quality and what happens to us as humans, human beings with our complicated systems when the air quality becomes so compromised. And a lot of us say, ah, it's going to jump on my bike or go for a run. Ah, no, no, no problem. Well, that's not exactly the truth. Professor Michael Maida is with us, environmental social scientist, specializing in science, technology, and society, with a focus on environmental and health risk issues at Thompson Rivers University in Kamloops, British Columbia. Good to have you back, Michael. How are you? I'm well, Roy. Good to be back as well. I, you know, I'm, I've never talked about this on the air, I don't think, but I, I, I am a closet, call myself a closet asthmatic. I've had a touch of asthma all my life, and I have a couple of puffers, one I use twice a day. And I'm quite convinced that the air quality, and I'm in southern Ontario, I'm quite convinced the air quality is messing with me. Is that likely? <laughs> You're right. Yeah, the, air, the air quality is messing with you in so many different ways as well. You know, it's amazing. Asthma, of course, is one of the fastest growing diseases on the planet, as is diabetes. And uh, both of them, incidentally, are driven in, to a certain extent by, by air pollution. And uh, we know that with wildfires, uh, the way they've been spreading and growing, that uh, this is costing healthcare systems uh, tens of billions of dollars. I, I believe I just saw a study in the States saying... Uh, it's about $100 billion a year, they estimate. Uh, and I'm guessing in Canada, it's at least $10 billion a year. So, yeah, you're being messed with. Yeah. Well, I can feel it. I can feel it in my throat. I can feel it in my voice. I can, I can taste it when I breathe. <laughs> you know, I jump on the bike in the morning. I go for a ride because I'm, I'm sure that it's not as bad in the morning, Michael. Right? I know. Yeah. I know. It's kind of, yeah. it's just like, you know, it's like the dog running up and down the fence. And there's a hole yeah. in the fence, the dog keeps running by it. Um, my teeth actually hurt, my, my gums. That's very interesting. Yeah, and I've, I've never had a, even a cavity in my life. So it, it is quite interesting how the particles and the inflammation can create a lot of different kind of system-wide things yeah. in your body. So you're in BC. Uh, does it affect people in British Columbia? I mean, that's maybe a silly question. Significantly more than in Alberta, people who are living close to the forest fires or the wildfires, just in the province of Alberta and BC. It affects you guys more than it does those of us who are a few thousand kilometers distant, even though it's also drifting into Europe. It is, yeah. So proximity is a, a major part of this. The, the interesting thing that we're learning about wildfires smoke is that it doesn't age well. It's not like a good scotch from wine that gets better over time. It actually becomes more toxic. Mm. Uh, within a few hours, it becomes uh, double the carcinogenicity. Within a day, four times more carcinogenic cancer-causing. Wow. So as it drifts and sort of sits in the air sheds and moves across these large expanses of land, it becomes more dangerous. Now, 
when I listen to a weather forecast or watch a forecast on the on television, or check out the forecast on my one of my two, I'm like a I'm like an old time gunfighter, you know, going out to the main street at noon. I've got uh, I've got a mobile phone in each pocket, so <laughs> so if I check the weather channel on on one of them, I'll go to the weather channel on the other one, just to reassure myself that they're providing the same information. And I see the, the numbers, like an air quality health index, but it doesn't really mean anything to me. It's Thank hard. You for that's, saying that. that's hard for that's hard. That that thing is not going to convince me of anything. No, thank you for saying that. I I've been critical of the AQHI, which is a, a made in Canada solution for you know this one to ten plus scale for more than a decade. It is okay. I'm going to step out on the mirror. Right, it is fraudulent. It is misleading. It mischaracterizes the risk, and it's definitely not even linear. And uh, it gives people this false sense of comfort. And a lot of people, you know, they'll look at that and they'll say, okay, it's only a 6 or a 7 out of 10. I can go out there. But if you actually look at the numbers behind what they use to calculate that 6 or 7 out of 10, the, the raw numbers of air pollution, they are way above safe standards. So Canada, Canada has been misleading people for a long time with this thing called the AQHI. And I, I, I think it needs to stop. Well, I'm glad you said that because... I never pay attention to it. I, I read it because it's in front of my eyes, but I have no idea how I'm supposed to respond to that. <laughs> now, yep. is, is, is this is this smoke? Yeah, I think you shared with us uh, that it's potential longer or long term effects. But what about what about instant effects? And we talked about that a bit. And and then if I can add to that, people will say, "Well, I'll just or you give them the advice to stay indoors." Mm. I, I, I can't see how that. Am I missing something? I can't see how that will make much of a difference. Well, it, it can. I mean, indoor air quality, if it's properly conditioned, can be significantly cleaner than on a bad um, air polluted day, right? I mean, yesterday here in Kamloops, uh, we were over, well, we were way over 10 plus on the so-called AQHI, which, I, as I said, I don't put much faith in. We were actually uh, at a level that would have been 40 times the sort of safe standard that the World Health Organization suggests we should be at. But in my house, because I have the HEPA filters, and I think we talked about those too, these larger floor-mounted units or mobile units, um, it was 1% of that level. Wow. So, yeah, it, it can make a difference. I mean, you, you need to be really strategic about when you go outside and for what purpose. If, if, you, if you're just going for a putter and you want to go for a walk down the street and it's out like that outside, you may as well just smoke a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, I've never done never done that in my life. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> so, I have this I have this silly visual of of trying to equate what the wildfire smoke is doing to me, and by extension, all of us. Yeah. It's like standing beside a fire that you lit outside. You're trying to burn some surplus branches or whatever. And it's and the smoke is blowing like crazy, Michael. And you go and stand over it and inhale it and say, "Oh, that's so nice." It's dangerous. Yeah, we don't do that because we run away from it because our yeah. eyes start to tear up. It's painful. It's not a good experience. But it, there's, it's almost equal, isn't it, to to what we're experiencing with this 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 smoke. It's very similar. I, I've measured uh, air pollution levels around campfires and similar kinds of things, wood stoves, etc. And they are um, equivalent, sometimes higher, than what you've got uh, during these wildfire events. The, the main difference is that, of course, uh, 
thankfully, that's a short, short-term kind of thing. You might be around the fire for an hour or two, uh, whereas when you've got six, eight, ten weeks or more, like we are going to see this summer, I'm pretty sure, in lots of Canada, of continuous 24-hour day exposure, mm-hmm. it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the, the main thing, and I think I may have mentioned this last time, Roy, is uh, the risk of strokes. People have to be super vigilant about that risk because this smoke, all these particles and gases, can create this inflammatory response in the body, which can lead to stroke and heart attacks. That's the number one concern, in my opinion. Yeah. So bottom line, Michael, from you is what? Bottom line is um, don't trust your senses. I think I said that as well in the past as well. Look at um, you know the distributed um, air quality networks. Uh, the one that I really support to help set up in here in B.C. is Purple Air, so purpleair.com. Look for your air quality reading. Don't trust the AQHI. It lags. It's not always accurate. It's averaged, and it's not linear, and it doesn't really account for the particulate pollution the way it should in terms of the risk. Mm-hmm. Stay inside if you can. Use your HEPA filters. Wear a mask if you have to. If you go outside, a nice fitting respirator mask. Drink lots of water. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.